You know, one question I often get asked is, how can I listen to ad-free shows? Well, the answer is simple. You plug directly into your normal podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and you do that through an RSS link. And then you just listen like you always would, except no commercials. Here's something else you may not know. You not only get the shows early and ad-free, but you also get a ton of bonus content with adfreeshows.com. You also get early access to many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts from William Regal's new show to the road dog, Brian James to Matt Hardy and so much more starting at just $9. So quick Scott Steiner math tells us that's less than 20 cents an episode each month. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out for yourself at adfreeshows.com. And if you're looking for the ultimate gift for the wrestling fan this Father's Day, you can now give the gift of ad-free shows. Head over to adfreegift.com right now to purchase an ad-free show subscription to get over with someone special in your life this Father's Day. That's adfreegift.com. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing my very first TNA World Heavyweight Championship at Slammiversary 2007. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Uh, Kurt, I'm fine, but forget about how I'm doing. This is our first podcast since you had double knee replacement surgery. How in the hell are you sitting there behind him, Mike? How you doing, man? A week later, I'm not doing much better. It's it's pretty brutal, especially when you have both knees done at the same time. Uh, I never went through anything this difficult. And I, I also have a little bit of a back problem. So I can't use my legs, but I can't use my back. So I'm pretty much useless. <laughs> it's pretty oh, crazy. But buddy. you know what? When I did the surgery, what they found out is they found a screw in my left knee just hanging out in my knee socket. It's pretty incredible. It must have been from my surgery 10 years ago, the AXCL surgery I had on my left knee, and the screw popped loose and was just hanging out in my knee socket. It was crazy. <laughs> so they were able to get that all cleaned up, and uh, and so have you started rehab? Like, what's going on now? What's next for you? Yeah, I started rehab the next day. I mean, they, they, they're pretty – they're on you. They, they stay on you, and they, they want you to work through it and, the quicker, uh, the more you do uh, without injuring yourself, uh, the quicker you will heal. So um, they've had me do a lot of rehab ever since I got out of the hospital. So I go to a re rehab facility three days a week over near my house. And then the other four days, I do five uh, different sessions of rehab on my own. So it's, it's a long process, but hopefully it'll work out. It should. And I'm very... Um, I'm very positive about this. Very optimistic. Listen, yes. dude, if there's anybody that I'm sure is committed to rehab, like a, like a drill sergeant, it's you <laughs> knowing how regimented you are, how hard of a worker you are. 
and how committed you are, I'm sure that you're going to come back 110% from this. My OCD doesn't yes, help either. <laughs> you are very OCD. I've been talking to, I reached out to Giovanna. I reached yeah. out to you a few times and, uh, man, you both are excited because you, you, the feedback's been, Hey, I'm going to be a new man. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully new knees, new man. Sounds good to me. There you go. Well, man, listen, we are, you've been in our thoughts and our prayers. And as you go through this big time recovery and, uh, like a machine, I was, I was just talking to my wife. I'm like, Beth, he is a machine. This guy <laughs> two double knee replacement. And, uh, they did some kind of leg. they straightened your legs too, type thing. They're, they're trying to straighten my legs. Uh, that was a lot of the problem with my last knees. Um, my, my knees weren't, uh, they, they actually, um, from all the injuries and everything, they were, they stayed bent. And uh, it was it was wearing on my knees, and that's how I got arthritis in my knees because I couldn't flex my quad extension fully. So my quad was always on fire when I was walking, and that put a lot of pressure on my knees. So that's the reason why I had to have knee surgery is because my my legs won't straighten out entirely, and that's what they're trying to do now is straighten them out. Well, we hope that happens too. And my goodness, Kurt, you have been through it, but. You're on the, on the other side of that surgical. I saw that nasty scar you posted on Instagram. It gave, it gave you the warning. This content, you had to push a button to see the picture. It was so gruesome. So that's when you knew it was bad, man. But uh, again, uh, we're all in your corner and wishing you nothing but the best with the recovery. And and we'll keep you up to speed, everybody listening on how things are going with Kurt. Yeah, and I want to thank everybody for all your support. You know, yeah. Sending me uh, messages on social media. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been an outpouring. So cool. Well, Kurt, like you said at the start, we're going to jump right back into it because that's what you do. You keep going, keep you know going and moving forward. And we are here to talk about your first official TNA title win from Slammiversary 15 years ago. It's June 17th, 2007. And so with that, we're going to get right into it, my friend. And uh, yeah, the NWA title. Is stripped from TNA when the agreement is ended, as we covered a few weeks ago. And uh, were you kept in the loop regarding what a new world title would look like, Kurt? Or is that just kind of an office thing? You know what? None of the talent was kept in the loop on the design of the world title. But I thought the office did a really good job. I absolutely loved the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. I thought it was a sharp design. Uh, everything about it was really cool. So I didn't have a problem with it. It's an absolutely beautiful belt, Kurt, and this is where I'm going to do my first plug, probably first of many, uh, and Kurt, I don't even know if you know this or not, but over at adfreeshows.com just this week, they have a series called, um, it's Title Chase, and that's the name of the series, and they dropped a brand new episode of Title Chase all about that championship belt, that first TNA championship belt that you held. They talk about uh, how it came to be the design of the belt, who held that title belt. And, uh, and it is just an excellent documentary style look back at that championship belt. So if you're not a member, I'm telling you, this is one of those rare treats and, 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 and that you won't see anywhere else unless you're a member at adfreeshows.com. So if you want to dig a little bit more into the history of the story about NWA leaving TNA, how that championship was designed and made and who held it, check it out, adfreeshows.com. And it's all about your story, Kurt. And how you won the belt. So uh, a fantastic awesome. view there. Yeah. Uh, so, Kurt, yeah, man, I'll, I'll make sure you get a copy of it so you can check it out, too. It's about 40, 45 minutes long. You'll definitely enjoy it. So, uh, so Kurt, when are you first told about the concept of the whole King of the Mountain match? <laughs> right after Slammiversary. 
uh, no, not Slimiversary, No Surrender, right yeah. after the pay-per-view. It was a month before uh, Slimiversary, and they came to me and told me about this King of the Mountain match. And I said, well, what are the rules? And, <laughs> you know, when they explained it to me the first time, I said, could you repeat that again? Because <laughs> that is really complicated. So I was struggling to understand the rules at the, at the beginning, so I had to be told about it three times before I understood it. And you got to be thinking, man, if I don't understand this, I wonder how the, the fans are even going to understand it. Right. I mean, it Without was, it was a doubt. I, you know, I think the fans eventually did understand it, but at first they had to be confused too. Well, once you finally understood it, what did you think of it overall? What was your thoughts? Well, you know what? I, I, I thought it was pretty stupid to be honest with you. I, you know, you have a ladder match and usually you climb the ladder and you grab the title that's hanging from the ceiling. That's how you win. This is the opposite. You actually grab the title, walk up the ladder, and hang it from the ceiling. I just thought it was ass backward. But, you know, after the match, after we had the match at Slammiversary, I didn't regret it. The match was pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> we did an excellent job with that match. So we're going to talk about it later on in the show, but it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit of the background for our audience listeners, bring everybody up to speed before we get there. So you open the first impact coming off a sacrifice with that new TNA total belt. You've declared yourself the champion and then sting comes out. He has some issues. He's saying he pinned Christian before he tapped out to your ankle lock. Christian comes out saying it was a one-on-five in that match, and it wasn't fair. Here comes Jim Cornette making his way down to the ring, and he takes the title from you, Kurt, and declares no one is champion, and the title is then held up, setting the stage for all this to go down. He announces the King of the Mountain match at Slammiversary and that there will be five singles matches over the next five weeks to determine he'll be in that match. This is definitely an interesting way to build this whole thing, Kurt. What did you think of the way that they were going to determine the new champion? Well, I, I thought it was a great idea, a great concept. You have 10 of the top wrestlers in the company. They have five matches against each other. The winner of those matches go on, the King of the Mountain match, and then they perform there and they compete for the world title. Um, I, I thought it was a great buildup. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that, and, and none of the talent was uh, – uh, too heavy on, um, you know, uh, pull, there, there wasn't anybody that was being pushed more than the other right. as far as storyline. So it was like, you know, the 10 guys, they were telling the story about all 10 of us. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. You were on equal footing, if you yes. will, heading into it. So there you go. Well, That's listen, a good example, better than mine. <laughs> No, it's all good, man. Hey, you're under so much pain medication. I'm here to help, Barther. <laughs> Can't even imagine. So Antonio Inoki, by the way, is out the show. He's representing his company, IGF. And is this your first time meeting uh, Inoki, Kurt? Yes, yes. I always wanted to meet him. I heard so much about him. He was such a legend. Uh, he really did a lot of good for pro wrestling and MMA. Uh, I was really excited about meeting him. Uh, and, and I got to ask, because again, he's, you know, running his own wrestling company. Is this when your talks, uh, with new Japan really start to heat up then? Well, I, you know what? It started with Brock Lesnar. Brock got a hold of me. He said, listen, I'm having a falling out with new Japan. Uh, I want you to come over. Uh, I want to, I want to wrestle you for the world title. I don't want to lose to anybody over there. I, there was a falling out and I don't know why he didn't want to lose to anybody over there. And, uh, so he told new Japan, Noki that if you get Kurt Angle, I'll lose the title. 
And, uh, you know, and Brock was putting that title up, you know, holding it up for a while. So Noki decided to come over and talk to Dixie Carter and the TNA office about getting me involved in that match. And that's how it started. But Noki did come over uh, at that particular time when he did to meet with Dixie Carter. Ah, okay. All right. Nah, thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that. So in the main event, you, uh, would defeat Rhino to earn your spot in the King of the Mountain match. You and Rhino, dude, you guys never really had a bad match, did you? <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Uh, I think the reason why is because we both had uh, a lot of intensity and we were both very physical wrestlers and, uh, we had great chemistry together. Well, buddy, we have two clips this week. That's all, guys, two clips, but this is one of them. We have the ending of that Angle-Rhino match, so let's check, check it out together. Welcome back, everyone. Impact main event matchup. Dean Rhino on the receiving end. Very snug side hook from the Olympic Hall of Angle in terms of the future. Dude, you're right. You guys, uh, great chemistry. Rhino had such a hard hitting, aggressive style. He had to be a lot of fun to be in the ring with. 
He was a lot of fun. You know what? How crazy it was. As physical as he was, he wasn't stiff at all. The kid was uh, mm. very light. Uh, not, no problem. It was like a walk in the park. But it, And it's crazy to watch it because you would think just the opposite because of the impact that he had. Yeah, with the, without a doubt. The gore and everything. Was not else. stiff at all. Ah, <laughs> it's pretty man. incredible. Ah, that's awesome. Well, listen, the next week, it's Samoa Joe versus Sting in the main event, and Joe gets the win to enter the match, so he's into the fray. After all this build to you and Sting and Christian, do you think it was good booking to get Sting out of the King of the Mountain match, or were you happy to have Joe in the match for the wrestling side of it? Well, I think Sting could have politicked his way into the match. He he could have stayed in there. It was his choice. But I think that Sting understood that we need to elevate the younger talent. And this was a feature match. And this is where you put these young talent in those matches with some of the veterans. And this was a perfect ex- example of that. And I think Sting gave up that spot being unselfish. And I, I really appreciate what he did because, you know, he, he didn't have to do it. And he did. And that was pretty awesome. And just goes to show Sting again. It's just, it seems to be, that's his mantra. That's who he was as a performer in wrestling. He always wanted to help everybody else. He was a mm. really good guy. Uh, great performer too. Yeah, what a, what a class act. So also around this time, Kurt, it's reported in the UK's The Sun that when Dana White was asked about you and Brock Lesnar, that Dana said he had a call scheduled with you later that day. And in The Observer, it's reported you're in talks with UFC, Bodog. And uh, do you remember the type of money offers being thrown at you uh, around this time? <laughs> you know what? Dana White treated me really well. I, that's all I will say. I'm not oh. going to throw any money offers out. But, I, you know, what he did... It, I, I just signed with TNA, just signed the contract. And Dana White, you know, I got a hold of him. Uh, you know, we, we were, after I left WWE, we were reaching out to everybody. And UFC paused and didn't get back to me right away. TNA did get back to me. And it happened very quickly, the contract signing. So by the time Dana White got back to me, I already signed with TNA. And I didn't want to go back on that signing. I didn't want to tell Dixie Carter, hey, I know I signed with you, but I decided to do UFC. Uh, so I'm not going to wrestle for you. So I asked Dana, can I wrestle and fight at the same time? He said, no, that's impossible. I can't have you do that. So I had to pass up the opportunity of being UFC. Did it matter to him one way or the other, whether you were with TNA or WWE or anything like that? Some would say, well, you're with TNA. Maybe you don't have the same appeal mainstream wise. Do you think that played a role in Dana White's decision on whether or not to really try to bring you on or not? Well, I, you know what? TNA was on the upswing at this particular time, so they were making a little noise. But don't forget, I was in WWE for seven years right before that. And this happened immediately after I left the WWE. So I think my star power was still pretty high, and uh, I don't think that would have affected Dana's, Dana White's decision. Yeah, it wouldn't have affected the ne- negotiations uh, at that point. Right. So, well, one of these weeks we'll have to – Try to see if you'll tell us the money. All right. Well, the build over the next couple of weeks to the King of the Mountain match has you backstage. You're bumping into Samoa Joe and then later brawling with him at ringside when AJ Styles attempts to attack you with a lead pipe. And then, Kurt, you throw the old ankle lock on him. AJ also qualified for the match, defeating Tomko. So, so far, bud, this sounds great. It's you, it's Joe, it's AJ. And this is setting up to be a top worker's dream match, if I ever heard of it. Uh, But you're still in this King of the Mountain gimmick match. Would you have rather had a straight five-way match for the title, are you thinking, in your mind at this point? Well, before the match, before we wrestled the match, definitely. A straight five-way would have been my favorite Uh I don't like gimmick matches. I'll do them. I, I, I don't hate them. I do like them. I just don't love them. 
But um, having a straight five-way would have been my cup of tea. But after the fact of how the match turned out, I'm glad we did it because the match was pretty incredible. Guys, this episode, we've talked a lot about health and the importance of taking care of yourself. And when you need your health taken care of, Elysium Health is here for you. Specifically, I want to talk today about Basis by Elysium Health, who, by the way, are the most trusted source for NAD Plus supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD Plus by 40% safely and sustainably. They are unlike any other health company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists. I'm talking eight of them are Nobel prize winners. NAD plus is found in every single cell of your body and is responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But NAD plus levels decline as you age, man, isn't, isn't that the, just the worst. So for you guys like Kurt and I in your forties and in your fifties, Lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and sun overexposure has proven to deplete our NAD plus levels. It just happens. And that's even with stuffing chicken snacks in our in our throats, steamed broccoli and grilled chicken down our broken freaking necks. Decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. I don't know about you, Kurt, but this body needs to keep functioning, my friend. We have families to raise, needs knees to rebuild, events to go to like Top Guy Weekend, and you have fans to meet and greet, sir. So we need the edge and basis will do it for you. So Go to trybasis.com slash angle and enter code angle at checkout to save 10% off of basis prepaid pans as well as other Elysium Health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash angle and use code angle at checkout to save 10%. And thank you, Elysium Health, for sponsoring this episode. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So, Kurt, Brock Lesnar, the beast who we just talked about earlier, debuts in MMA at this time, taking on Kim Min-Soo. Did you watch this fight at all? Do you remember that one? Uh, yes, yes. Brock did an incredible job. Uh, you know, it, it, he, uh, he, he showed that he had the ability to be in MMA and that he had the ability to end up being champion eventually. You just knew he, knew he needed to work at it. Uh, I believe that his second fight was against Frank Mir, and he got caught in an ankle bar, uh, bar hold, uh, ankle bar, uh, ankle lock. And um, uh, Brock was dominating the the fight until he got until caught. Until that happened, that. yeah. So Brock just had to have a little bit more experience so he wouldn't get caught in these uh, uh, submission holds. And uh, he ended up uh, doing incredibly well in MMA. Oh, that's for sure. And, and uh, so the story goes on with him. I want to get back to Anoki here because he announces that his company is debuting on June 29th at Sumo Hall and that one of the main events will be Brock Lesnar taking on Kurt freaking Angle. And uh, I want to read what The Observer uh, had to say about that. 
The top two matches for the IGF debut on June 29th at Sumo Hall. The idea around Lesnar versus Angle is it will be for the real IWGP heavyweight title, or at least that's the tease. If you recall, Lesnar never lost the IWGP title in the ring and actually still has the physical belt since New Japan owed him money. There you go. That was the issue. Lesnar got a real bad rap on that one. Not that there weren't issues on both sides of that one, but his contract expired and they cut his pay, and that's when he didn't come to lose the title. As noted before, when Inoki made the deal with TNA for Angle, he told TNA that he was going to have Angle win his world title on the first show. This opens up a lot of questions. I'd be skeptical Lesnar would even do a pro wrestling match right now, particularly since when he was asked about this announcement after the Los Angeles show, he said he hadn't made a commitment to do it. Enoki the next day held a press conference and produced a contract that had his name, Lesnar's name, and another contract signed by Lesnar's agent, which he said was for the June 29th show. I can't imagine this would be the right time for Lesnar to be putting Angle over. This is all from Dave Meltzer. Plus, Lesnar has to have the attitude now about preserving his body for fighting, and as a pro wrestler, to be the Lesnar people want him to be and to work with Angle, the attitude is to give your body to pro wrestling. Even before fighting, you could see Lesnar's attitude shift in his new Japan stint. So, Kurt, were you talking with Brock at all during this time, and was there worry about how this would all go down? What was your relationship with him like? No, Brock and I were getting along really well. Uh, We would contact each other every once in a while, keep in touch. Uh, He was telling me that his MMA career was starting and it was launching, and he was doing a lot of training. And uh, the thing is... uh, Brock, uh, what was the question? Uh, oh, uh, you asked me if um, I would have any problems with yeah. that. Brock, Brock wouldn't have done that. He, he wasn't going to screw me over or uh, not put on a great performance. Uh, he wanted to have a great wrestling match. Brock has too much pride to uh, go in there and not put on his best performance just because he's doing MMA. He's going to have a great pro wrestling fight or match and be even if he is uh, signed with MMA and uh, UFC or wherever he, wherever he was at that particular time. But Brock was always all about business and he was always going to do business no matter what. And to your point, you know, as you told the story earlier, he had said, go get angle. I'll drop the title to him. So he obviously was all in then. Yeah. And we had a really good match. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you this Brock was being a little safer than he normally was. He wasn't doing as much crazy stuff as he usually does. So he was a little bit more conservative, but he still put on a great match. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, let's talk about what's going on over on the other side. On WWE, one of the most infamous angles takes place when Vince McMahon blows himself up on Raw. Do you remember seeing this? And what did you think about that whole bit? Only Vince McMahon <laughs> blowing up in a limo. <laughs> and obviously Vince McMahon came back to life. Only Vince McMahon can do that. Yeah. Yeah. You got that right. Yep. And, uh, man, it's just crazy to think already 15 years ago that, that, that went down. It was such a, a big moment. I think it probably made TMZ. Was there even a TMZ back then? Probably it was, was. a big story back it then. It was. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knew about it. Everybody. It was everywhere. Well, uh, so you have that going on over there back to TNA though. You have Chris Harris and James storm. They have one of the best impact matches at the time against each other in their King of the mountain qualifier that ends up going to a double count out. So neither is qualified, Kurt. What did you think of the former America's most wanted? And did you think either could have been a big star when you saw that match? 
you know what? After seeing that match, I knew both of them could be incredible singles wrestlers. Uh, they were great as a tag team, but you know, they, these guys, I knew eventually they would split up and they would both have singles careers. I thought that they would both end up in WWE to be honest with you, but that's how good they were. But uh, unfortunately they didn't. I think James storm had the opportunity and he passed it up because of money. But uh, I think that Chris Harris should have been also been signed with WWE. That would have been really cool. And they, they, they deserved it. They were really good talents. Yeah, no, absolutely. Both very talented performers. There's some other sad news around this time, Kirk, that I want to get your opinion about. And I want to hear you talk about her a little bit. And that's Sherry Martell. She would pass away on June 15th. You only worked with Sherry once in the infamous sexy boy skit with Shawn Michaels. But what are your memories of Sherry? Sherry was so nice. What a sweet woman. The crazy thing is she wasn't just a pretty manager. She knew all facets of the business. She knew psychology. She was coming up with these ideas. Even if it was a song that I was singing, she was telling me what to do and how to do it. You know, she just, she was a great performer and she was a great entertainer and she understood everything. Man, they talk about pioneers in the business. Sherry Martell is, is a, for women's wrestling, a pioneer growing up. Uh, you know, I was a child wrestling fan of the eighties and the first women's wrestlers that I ever heard of, uh, besides fabulous Mula and Wendy Richter, you know, from the 85, 86 timeframe, uh, when I was watching WrestleMania was Sherry Martell and Medusa who would go on to be a Lundra blaze, but they were tearing it up in the AWA and, and Sherry could wrestle her ass off before she became the prominence as a manager too. Yeah. I heard that. And I heard they were incredible talent and they were, uh, they, they were the, the leader in the women's division back then. Yeah, they definitely were. So uh, very sad uh, to hear of Sherry's passing. Uh, so we move along here with Impact. On the go-home Impact, there's some booking changes in the build to King of the Mountain. And there's a second chance six-man tag match between you, Joe, and Styles, three men who qualified already, against the three men who lost in their qualifying match. So you're going against Sting, Rhino, and Tomko. And if a member of Sting, Rhino, and Tomko won, they would get a spot in the match from the person they defeated. Man, I don't know how they're keeping up with all this booking back then. <laughs> how difficult is it for for something like this, putting this all together when you have baby faces teaming with heels and heels facing baby faces? And I mean, it's just a big convoluted mixture of things, isn't it? Yeah, it's all intertwined. You can't really have a shine in that match. You can't really have a real heat in that match. You just have to go through the match, uh, you know, every step and just do the do the moves and the move sets. And come up with a finish, you know, false finishes and finish. But you, you can't re tell a really good story because you have babies and heels teaming together and, uh, you know, on opposite teams. And it was just really confusing. So you just had to run through the match. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Well, you end up getting the wing, uh, the win over Sting anyway, and I know you just had an absolute blast working with him around this time, didn't you, Kurt? Yeah, Sting was awesome. Uh, you know, from the day I started wrestling in TNA, uh, he was like he was had to be in his fifties at this particular time, and he could still go. I mean, the guy—he's uh, timeless. Look at him now in AEW. Like drinking from the fountain of youth, man. I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it. I'm sitting here struggling with two knee replacements and Sting's <sighs> still going and he's in his 60s. Holy crap. 
<laughs> yeah, you're sitting there with stitches and staples and everything else in your body, and then and, and there's Sting jumping off the second, you know, second level at a pay per view just a couple months. Crazy, ago. yes, it's insane. Well, hey, once you're all once you're all healed up, who knows what Kurt Angle will be doing? <laughs> there we go. Well, the final King of the Mountain qualifier takes place between Christian and Abyss. And Christian would get the big win. The fifth spot was announced as being a surprise at the pay-per-view. How did you feel about that? Did you like the mystery and intrigue going into the match at the pay-per-view? It's it's kind of intriguing for the fans, but it doesn't sell pay-per-view buys. You know, having a mystery opponent isn't going to have people excited. Oh, I can't wait to order the pay-per-view and find out who it is. Uh, you know, for the most part, um, it was just for intrigue for the fans that were going to purchase the pay-per-view. I don't think it was going to bring in new buyers. Well, Kurt, we got to talk about something interesting here, and it's it's about you, and you have a, a little bit of a belly issue, apparently. It's reported that going into Slammiversary, you came down with a case of food poisoning, and you were getting all kinds of sick over that weekend. Did, did you have any worry that you wouldn't be able to make it to the big match? Or what would happen if you went out in the match and something went wrong? What happened? Listen. If I'm going to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship for the first time and be the first ever TNA World <laughs> Heavyweight Champion, I'm fucking showing up for work. <laughs> yes. I am not missing it. Not, Even if it means wearing an adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> but did you have a bad case of food poisoning? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I did. It was pretty bad. Uh, it was coming out of both ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm sure the wrestlers were just enthused about getting in the ring with you that weekend, pal. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad you survived and it all worked out and you stayed hydrated and you were ready to go. So we're here at Slammiversary time now, which is the company's return to Nashville for the first time in a long time, by the way, you guys are at the Nashville municipal auditorium. When you sit down to go over a match like this, which like you said, this is something completely different than anything that you've ever done before. Who's your agent? I know that you've said before there wasn't always agents. You guys kind of figured it out together. But do you remember if there was someone that kind of said, hey, uh, I'll, I'll be the point person. Let's figure out how this shit's going to work. Yeah, if I remember, it was Scott Demore. Okay. Uh, but, but the MVPs of this match that structured it, that really did an incredible job, was Christian Cage and AJ Styles. Those guys were so innovative. They came up with these incredible stunts. Uh, it was really cool to be a part of that. Uh, this match was absolutely crazy. And uh, what those guys did to structure that match, it made it, uh, it, made it a, a classic, seriously. Ah, that's great. We're, we have a clip, and we're going to show that here in a few minutes. But uh, I wanted to go over this a little bit. Rumors were running rampant prior to the event that Jeff Jarrett would be the fifth man. However, due to the recent passing of his wife, Jill, Jeff did not appear at this event and was instead replaced by TNA original Wildcat Chris Harris as the mystery fifth man. What did you think of working with Chris? You know what? He stepped up in this match. Uh, he had an incredible performance. Uh, I've really enjoyed working with him. Uh, and he came up with the big move at the end of the show. Um, when he speared Christian off the, the ladder, that was an incredible stunt. I wouldn't have done that in <laughs> no way in hell. And uh, that's how I actually won the title because I was climbing up and Christian was up there with me and, and Chris Harris speared him from the top of the ladder, right, right on, onto the ground. It was freaking crazy. And uh, that was like the uh, biggest stunt of the night. And it was pretty awesome. Well, le listen, speaking of mystery, Goliath life can take all the mystery out of it when it comes time to think about protecting your family. 
Yes, it's time to tell you again about something that I am super passionate about, and it's life insurance. And you can find what you need over at GoliathLife.com, and it really gives you peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family, and I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. There are no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. So, Kurt, how complicated is it doing all these rules with pins and going to a penalty box? I mean, did anyone in the match just not even understand the rules? Because it is—it just seems insane. <laughs> you, you had to hear it a few times, but let me explain to the fans how they did this. All right. In order to be eligible to grab the title from Jim Cornette to climb up and hang it from the ceiling from a ladder, you had to pin somebody. That, that person you pin goes into a penalty box for two minutes. <sighs> So they're out of the mix for two minutes. And the person that pinned them is eligible to grab the world title and go up and hang the title. So it, it's freaking just crazy. Uh, you know, uh, these roles were just, uh, you know, it, it was really hard to follow at the beginning of the match. But once you, you know, got into the match, it was a lot more easier to understand for the fans. And correct me if I'm wrong, but once you grab that title and you have to go up and hang the belt, the other competitors are, they're trying to beat the shit out of you, right? Yes, yes. So you're you're not just gonna walk up the ladder. You're just not prancing title, and dancing so. up the ladder. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of ass beatings when someone <laughs> grabbed title. So <laughs> it was going on that night. So and and then and then so say you're getting your ass beat, you don't even get to the top of the ladder, put the title back up. What point does the title return? So after that two minutes is up, guy comes yes, back in, it, the title goes back minutes. to Cornet. Yes, yes. If you don't do it within two minutes. And that, that was another one of the crazy roles. You had to do it within two minutes before your opponent got out of the penalty box. So it was really complicated. And guys, if you're doing anything in two minutes, then blue choose for you. Oh, sorry. This isn't, that's, we are not doing an ad for them. All right, let's get to the show. Let's get to the match, Kurt. We have the main event ending anniversary. Let's check out this craziness right now. Oh my gosh! 
in cage in no man's land, but trying to use his free leg and free foot, and he did it. He broke the ankle up by kicking the ankle in the head. How do these guys still keep their balance through all of this as they're fighting on top? One shot after the other as Christian Cage has the belt in his hand, but he can't find the ring. He can't get it hung up there. Christian with the hand, the belt, and Angle caught him with a shot. Here comes Harris up the top. Kurt, he just wanted to shake your hand and congratulate you. That was kind of an asshole. I'm such move. an asshole. <laughs> what are you doing? Remind me not to shake your hand when I see you next. Holy shit. Psst. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms, you're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to goliathlife.com. Well, dude, Hey, let's read, uh, let's read what Dave Meltzer had to say. Cause that's always entertaining. He said, uh, Kurt angle became the first TNA world heavyweight champion, winning the king of the mountain match over. Listen to these names. Samoa Joe, AJ styles, Christian cage, and Chris Harris in 19 minutes, 21 seconds. There's a funny backstory to all this. The afternoon of the show, somebody figured out the TNA title belt was nowhere to be seen. The stunt guy was supposed to have it. He claimed Jim Cornette took it since he was the last person seen with it in the angle where he took it from angle on television five weeks ago. Anyway, Cornette was furious about being accused of having it and forgetting it since he left it in Orlando so the company could have it. Long story short, they figured out the belt was still in Orlando. Jeremy Borash had to get a friend who works at Universal to go to the office and get the belt, board a plane, and fly to Nashville. 
The woman got to the building with the belt about 20 minutes before this match and got it to the ring. Have you ever heard this story before? Do you remember this? It's freaking crazy. (laughs) So there you go. That was a story of getting this vaunted championship belt there on time. Uh, Dave (laughs) continues. He said the match was awesome. Rules of King of the Mountain are that Cornette had the belt, and you talked about it a little bit. And if a wrestler scored a pin, they were eligible to get the belt from Cornette, climb up the ladder, hang the belt, like a reverse ladder match. You know, all the sense in the world. The person losing the fall has to sit in a penalty box for two minutes. This allows for spots off the top of the penalty box, which is on the floor and a little higher than the top rope. So, Kurt, looking back on it, I know you said the match was fun, but is it still too much? I mean overall for people to grasp i mean i guess nobody's doing these matches anymore i think it was a little too much but i think we did such a great job at putting that match together that we had to make sense so i I don't regret doing it i thought it was really awesome i just don't know if the king of the mountain match is an ideal match for everyone to have (laughs) well here we go he uh he continues on here there's a lot Meltzer has a lot of thoughts on this styles was the real superstar of the match okay (laughs) We're going to remember that you said that, Dave, as this kind of match highlights a high flyer and a great athlete. Christian and Styles did promos on how they would work together. Christian asked Styles to lay down and take the pin so he'd be eligible, but Styles asked Christian to do so. Later, Styles tried to sunset flip Christian. First fall saw Harris pin Styles uh, in 343. Angle did a spot doing three German suplexes to Joe. That's never an easy task. The match was like a WWE ladder match with continued spots of people climbing and having the ladder tipped over or taking bumps bumps by being knocked off the ladder. Christian got punched while on the apron and ended up crotching himself into a ladder that was put between the guardrail and apron. He was still selling when Styles was backdropped by Harris over the top onto Christian, laying on the ladder. Angle would pin Harris in 846. When Harris was climbing, an angle pulled him off the ladder with an Olympic slam. Joe used a muscle buster on Styles, but angle saved. Joe choked out angle, but referee Rudy Charles was knocked out. Of course, the ref gets knocked out. It's TNA. Angle was tapping, but no ref to see it. Oh, you tapped out. Mm. Christian- oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, the ref wasn't there. Christian hit Joe with a ladder and pinned angle in 1055 as Charles recovered. Joe later used a diamond cutter off the ladder on Christian. Harris and Christian were climbing. Harris flipped Christian off the ladder and was about to hang the belt when Styles used a springboard dropkick to the ladder. Goodness gracious, I need a drink of water. Styles and Joe both ended up fighting on the top of the penalty box. You remember all this? Because this is craziness. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Styles kicked Joe low and teased tossing him off. Well, that's a line I didn't think I'd read today. But Joe recovered and used a fantastic flip. The Quebecers in the 90s also used this move on Styles, who crashed to a table on the floor. Later, Harris and Christian were on the top of the cage, and Harris reversed a suplex and threw Christian off, trying to make this exciting. Harris then came off the top of the cage with a flying clothesline on Angle. Christian was climbing, but Angle went with him. And he put the ankle lock on top of the ladder. Wow, that sounds like it was an awesome spot. Christian hit angle with a belt shot and was about to bang the belt when Harris came off the top rope with a diving spear, knocking Christian off the ladder. That's what you talked about. You'll never forget that. Angle got the belt with everyone else down. He hung onto it to get the win. My goodness, Kurt, the way this all reads sounds like a fucking car crash. <laughs> Can you describe the match and the damage your body takes with tables, ladders, and chairs? Oh my. Well, it, it's a dangerous match. All the stunts we did, I'm surprised nobody got injured because there were a lot Seriously? of stunts yeah. in this match, like 
over and over. It wasn't just like three spots. It was like 10. Uh, there, there are a lot of uh, uh, ridiculous spots in this match. How thrilled were you, though, to be the first official TNA title holder? I mean, the first time, man, you, you popped the cherry of that championship. It's, it's a huge thrill. Knowing I'm the first ever TNA World Heavyweight Champion is such a huge honor. Uh, that's why I didn't pass it up. That's why when I had food poisoning, I still showed up. Listen, on that documentary I, I told you about that Ad-Free Shows put out title chase on that championship yes. belt, this is how Conrad Thompson said it on that documentary. TNA made a statement, a new belt, a new champion. Kurt Angle was officially, uh, I'm sorry, TNA was officially the alternative. The, their focus was on pro wrestling versus entertainment, and they had their guy, the best pro wrestler in the world, carrying that beautiful brand-new TNA World Championship. What do you think I about agree that? with Conrad anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that's how, that's how they wanted to present that, you know, and you were the face, you were the face that was running that place at the time. Makes and, me feel good. That's yeah. Really so cool. yeah. would you have rather won it one-on-one from someone like Christian or Joe instead of all this, or, or are you just happy that you won it? I was happy that I won it. And of course I'd want to go one-on-one, but after a way this match turned out, I don't regret doing it. I thought it was pretty incredible. Ah, that's awesome. Well, listen, Meltzer goes on. He says, after the match, Joe went to angle to shake his hand, which we saw. We saw the asshole move. They did an interview earlier where they set up being the final two in a handshake. Angle then turned on Joe, kicking him in the gut and laying him out with an Olympic uh, slam. You're involved with this match, so you know what that means. You know what's coming, the star rating. Four and a quarter stars from Dave. Yes. It's either four or Thank five. You, Meltzer. Yeah, it's already either four or five when Kurt Angle's involved. So there <laughs> you go. Uh, so listen, Kurt, the next month you're scheduled for a winner-takes-all match where you'll team with the X-Division champion, who will end up being Samoa Joe to take on Team 3D. Uh, is there a shift in creative, or was the turn on Joe done just to set up the whole next month? I think it was set up the set up set up the for the next month i yeah i do recall at this particular time is when i was holding all the gold so i had the world title the x division title and the tag team titles which i was tag team partners with sting and i do believe we had to set up that angle with joe so i could wrestle him for the x division title so i could win it from him and hold all the gold uh, eventually sting and i i think we wrestled team 3d yeah titles from them so I ended up carrying all the gold at this particular time. As you should. You're used to carrying gold, whether it's an Olympic <laughs> gold medal or what have you. But, uh, Kurt, when this pay-per-view is over, you're the champion. You know, cue the queen music. Uh, but you are you a heel or baby face, or do we even know? I feel like we never oh, know what gosh. you are in uh, TNA. You know what? I think they liked me as a tweener. <laughs> I, I, I was always I, I agree. I, I was never full-blown baby or full-blown heel. But what was pretty cool about being a tweener is – I could go with the full babies or the full heels and I, I could be the opposite for them. So if I wrestled a really good heel, I'd be the baby face. If I wrestled a really good baby face, I'd be a heel. So I didn't mind being a tweener. It gave me more options to wrestle other guys. Well, here's another little fun nugget from this. There's a lot of C-level celebrities at the show, but nobody bigger than Vanilla Ice, my friend. Did oh, yeah. you get a chance Ice, to talk? Baby. Yeah. Did you get a chance to talk to him at all? Yeah, nice guy. I absolutely loved him in the 90s. I, I know that's crazy, <laughs> but he had a cool song, man, and he was that's such right. a badass back then. <laughs> we all loved Ice Ice Baby, and uh, yeah, so there you go. Vanilla Ice was there. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and some sad news, though, unfortunately. It was just a week later 
uh, that the sad reality of Chris Benoit not showing up to the WWE pay-per-view vengeance uh, becomes known as it's first reported. Uh, Chris, his wife, Nancy, and son were all found uh, dead. And during the live tribute show of Raw for Chris and his family, the news began to trickle out. It was a murder-suicide from Chris to his family. Kurt, I got to ask, where are you when you first hear about the deaths? And when do you remember hearing about Chris and what he did to his family? Well, you know, I was told that um, Chris didn't show up for a pay-per-view. And the company was a little concerned, but they didn't want to, you know, they, they thought maybe he just decided to skip it. And they, they didn't really, you know, there, there was no reason for it, but they, they, could, they couldn't get a hold of him. So they waited the next day to see if he would show up at TV. He didn't. So they called the police, and the police went to his house, and that's when they found the bodies. Mm. So it was pretty sad. I mean, Chris was such a good guy and an uh, incredible wrestler, and he seemed like uh, he was a really good father and husband. I just don't know what occurred, what, what made him, uh, you know, what, what made the switch go off in his head. But uh, maybe it was the concussion problem. I don't know. Buddy, I'm sure you had to be numb, though, just shocked, yeah, didn't you, uh, when you heard? Knowing Chris the way I did and how close I was with him, I, I would have never guessed in a million years he would do anything like that. Yeah, I mean, even as fans, and we didn't have personal relationships with him, it was just one of those things where it knocked you off, knocked the wind out of you, knocked you off your feet. It certainly what, did. What yeah. the hell? So I can't imagine for some of you guys that were, were close friends, just uh, incredible, just unbelievable. So sad. Well, Hey Kurt, we're not going to end uh, the show there on that sad net. We're going to, we're going to move on and we're going to get to some fan questions this week. And we have a couple of those and they have some questions for you. And Patrick Ruth is going to kick us off. And he said, Kurt, when did you find out Chris Harris would be in the King of the mountain match? So we know it was a surprise for the pay-per-view, but when do all of you, the wrestlers find out he's going to be in it? Well, I didn't find out till the day of the pay-per-view, but I didn't inquire to the office to find out who was going to be the fifth guy. I didn't really, um, you know, contact them and say, Hey, who the fifth, who's going to be the fifth guy. I just knew that at the pay-per-view they would show up and then we would put the match together. So I didn't know till the day of the pay-per-view, but I was pleasantly surprised and happy that it was Chris. Ah, okay. My buddy Zoe Lopez is up next. And, uh, he said with matches like King of the mountain where multiple wrestlers are involved, how many are involved in laying out the match and how much of it is called in the ring? Now, I know you said Christian and AJ really kind of t- took were the point guards, if you will. But yeah, we'll talk about calling it in the ring. I mean, are you guys in constant communication uh, in there? Well, you know, th- there are a lot of timing issues in these matches because you have five guys. So each, you know, two guys at a time are going to take the ring and uh, the other ones have to clear out of the ring. So there are a lot of timing issues to this. So there's a lot of memorization. There isn't a lot of uh, improv. You don't really um, uh, go off the cuff and just do whatever you have to do. The only time you do that is when you're chopping wood, punching and kicking them in the corner, just uh, wasting time until it's your spot, until your spot comes up. So it's a really uh, complicated match. You just uh, you, you can't uh, improvise. You have to plan everything out pretty much. Mm. Finally, a uh, friend of the show, good buddy, Tony Flowers says, we've heard from others, Bruce Pritchard has said it repeatedly, that Christian is one of the greatest in-ring workers of all time. Would you agree with this assessment of his in-ring wrestling skills? Yeah, Christian was incredible in the ring. Uh, you know, there aren't that many people that are better than Christian, but what made him special is his ability to put matches together. Singles matches, tag matches, gimmick matches, it didn't matter. Christian was so innovative and he came up with incredible ideas and concepts. He, he always uh, put incredible matches together. 
he was the reason, a lot of the reason why the TLC matches uh, did so well and were so popular. Christian was really good at that stuff. Man, you know, it's cool to hear that too, because I think when you see wrestling companies sign some guys, it's like, oh, okay, now Christian's there. I wonder what he's got left in the tank. But what you don't think about initially is it's not just what he has left in the tank and what he can do for him between the ropes. It's what his influence and what he's going to be able to do for them behind behind the scenes, like you Not just said. And that, that's what he was great at. He was the best at that. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, Kurt, uh, next week, it's going to be all about King of the Ring 2000. The build-up to it, you're scheduled to wrestle three matches because that's what you do. You're the machine. <laughs> and eventually, you become the King of the Ring because you know what, buddy? That's also what you did. You just won all the freaking time. So we're going <laughs> to talk about that because it is your show, and we're going to celebrate that and have some fun here. We but definitely before- are going to celebrate King of the Ring. I'm the <laughs> King of the Ring 2000, brother. Yeah, that's right. 22 years later, and he's still wanting to march around about it. So we're going to do that. But before we get out of here, as always, we're going to talk about a few things. I'm going to start with ad-free shows. I've talked about it a few times on the shows on the show already, but I want to tell you guys, I know I mentioned title chase one of the many reasons why you should be checking out adfreeshows.com. Not only do you get all the Kurt angle episodes early ad free, but on video, all these awesome clips that Kurt and I get to rewatch together as fans and you get to watch his expression and reaction, which to me is worth the price of admission, uh, but also all the bonus content. You also get to do some live zooms and Kurt joins those and answers your questions and gets to know you by name. Other folks that are on there. I mean, Conrad's doing podcasts now with Mick Foley. It's been announced. There's so many guys that are coming into the family. Check it out. You can see this new TNA championship belt uh, that Kurt first won and the whole history behind it. It's fantastic. Check it out. Kurt and I are going to be together uh, in Chicago, Labor Day weekend, on stage, having a blast with our top guys. Kurt, I can't wait for that, man. I can't wait either. We're going to have a lot of fun. Definitely in Chicago. We did it last year. I loved it. But dude, and last year when you and I are together, we had just started working together a little bit. Now we've got like over a year under our belts together. So it's stories to tell. Yeah. We're got a lot more comfortable. You know, you can like, you know, throw me in an ankle lock with your new life, whatever you need to do. We're going to have some fun. So definitely uh, make sure you do everything you can to become a member over there. Kurt with that, I want to talk about physicallyfit.com. Are we still, are we still doing the videos? Is that world title belt? Uh, still yes, available. Yes, the, you can become the first ever physically fit world champion. All you have to do is go to physicallyfit.com, sign up on the the contest link, and uh, put together a fun or funny video of why you absolutely love chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites. And uh, if you win, you get the physically fit nutrition world championship. It's a $3,500 value. Ooh. It's a really incredible title. Wow. Now, there are going to be 10 runner-ups, too. Uh, 10 runner-ups will get $500 worth of the chicken snacks sent to them. So mm. uh, it's it's a really cool it's contest, big and we're yeah. really trying to push it hard. Man, fantastic. And I think, Kurt, we showed the video right here on our show, too, of the winning the winning video as well. So Yes, I'm- we are going to show it on the Kurt Angle Show. Yes. That's awesome. All right. Well, check that out. We can't wait for that. So physicallyfit.com. Listen. Uh, you Sign up on ang- the contest link yeah. and also angle pod to get your 20% off over there. All kinds of delicious flavors of snacks. You got Buffalo wing, you got honey mustard, you got, uh, all kinds of stuff. Kurt here's on video showing off the different chicken snacks and honey mustard right there. We have oh, the chicken wow. snacks and the snacks, snack smart, organic plant protein, cinnamon swirl, com to order this 11 different flavors. You're going to love them. Cinnamon swirl for your sweet tooth. Like me. 
And so there you go. Uh, go also help him out. Go to KurtAnglebrand.com. My man has hospital bills to pay, okay? He just had all <laughs> kinds of stuff going on. Kurt Angle Brand, that's where you're going to get your T-shirts, your Cameo videos, your milk cartons, your cowboy hats, all all the merch, all the love for Kurt Angle Brand. Buddy, I'm sure people are loving You're still doing cameos, even if you can only sit and lay. I'm sure you're still oh, doing yeah. them. I did them in the hospital laying in my bed. <laughs> and I, I said at the beginning, hey, I'm in the hospital. I just had knee surgery. I love <laughs> it. I'm going to do this video for you. <laughs> you are unstoppable, my friend. So check I it out. KurtAngleBrand.com. Uh, WildcatBelts.com. Another belt, as we said before, has sold. There's two left. Uh, Kurt, look at him. He's dedicated. He's even swinging around in his chair to pull out his belt so he can show it to you. But there this belt go. is absolutely beautiful. The Real American Hero Belt. Uh, celebrating all things Kurt Angle. It is for the Kurt Angle fan in your life, the ultimate Kurt Angle memorabilia. He has autographed the beautiful leather, all done by uh, Andrew over at Wildcat Belts. Check that out. And I fun- there's three left, right? It's down to two. Down to two, oh, Kurt. Okay, good, good. Down to two. Finally, Saturday, August 27th, it's wrestling night at the park for the Wisconsin Timbler Rattlers with Kurt Angle. Uh, it's podcast at the plate, so you can watch it live in the Fox Club. Kurt and I uh, will be there together doing a pregame podcast, answering some fan questions for all you, in attend- all you that are in attendance. And Kurt is going to go out to the mound, and he's going to throw out the first pitch. Kurt, are you think you're going to be ready to do that, buddy? I'm going to certainly try. Uh, I should be ready by August. Hopefully I will be. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Wow. It's the 27th. So you got a good, probably a little less than three months. So if anybody can do it, it's Kurt angle. I'll say that right now. It's true. It's damn true. It's damn true. (laughs) So check it out, check out their website, Wisconsin timber rattlers, and you can, uh, have a good time with both of us. Well, Kurt, thank you for hanging in there this week. This was a lot of fun going over Slammiversary and uh, celebrating that big TNA championship win. We'll be back again next week, Kurt. I hope you get some rest and take care of yourself, my friend. Thank you, Paul. I had a great time today. I appreciate it. You got it, sir. On behalf of Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right here again next week on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.